We're so excited to welcome you to the first Sunday of July. We're excited to be in God's house. I'm privileged to welcome you to Impact City Church. I'm going to invite you to say hi to somebody right beside you, somebody maybe that you didn't walk into. Just smile at them, high five them. I'm going to invite you to take your seats as you do that. You excited to be here? All right. Man, it, it is good to be here today and to be able to celebrate Jesus, to be able to celebrate him alongside you, to be able to experience his presence. There is nothing like his presence. David said, in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And I truly believe that today is evident in this place. Uh, real quick, before I jump into the word, I want to tell you um, this Wednesday, for first Wednesday, we invite you to come at 7 p.m. Pastor Philip Marroquin from Apostolic Worship Center is going to be speaking here today, uh, speaking here on that day. And next Sunday, July the 10th, my brother, Pastor Andrew Carranco from the Pursuit Church in Harlingen, Texas. Anybody know where Harlingen's at? Harlingen, Texas will be speaking here. Um, I'm going to be here, so don't think that I'm getting some speakers. Uh, it's just summertime, friends. I'm going to be looking for you, all right? I'm going to be looking for you, so make sure that you are here. We, we're excited to celebrate together the first Wednesday, and then we're uh, going to be here next Sunday as well. All right. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 is, is, is the central theme text that I have selected for today. That, that God has led me to, um, as, as we prepare to celebrate our independence as a nation, and we are grateful for the freedom that we have in Christ. Uh, and we are grateful for the freedom that we have as a nation. Um, and I, I truly uh, am grateful for the privilege for just some things that I believe we take lightly, like being able to come into a house of worship freely and be able to lift up the name of Jesus. Uh, there are some people in other countries that have to hide uh, to lift Jesus' name up. There's some people that have to move from house to house, uh, but what, an, uh, what a blessing it truly is to enter his gates with thanksgiving and to come into his courts with praise and to be able to magnify the name of Jesus. But, um, but I want to highlight today the freedom that we celebrate from sin. Uh, because we are no longer slaves to sin, but we, are, we truly believe that Christ died for us to give us freedom. And Paul writes to the church in Galatians, he says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Paul here is referencing the, the cycle that we as humans can easily fall into, the cycle that we can easily fall into where we, we don't truly understand where we get set free, but we don't live out our freedom. And, and I truly believe that that is one of the greatest disconnects that we face uh, in today's world that we have faced ever since. Obviously, uh, the Apostle Paul is, is experiencing that and, and seeing that in the church in Galatia. And he is saying, don't, don't take this lightly. Do not, do not go back to the life that you once lived. And, and can I tell you that, that it is heartbreaking to see 
the, the lies that we believe from time to time. It is heartbreaking to see people that continually live in, uh, bound by the chains of shame, and they live bound by the chains of fear, embracing the lies of the enemy, just always never being able to enjoy the moment because you're always thinking of what could be. You're thinking of hypotheticals, and it makes you sick, and it makes you anxious, and you're spending all your time worrying about things that may never even happen. But, but it is a lie uh, from the enemy. It is heartbreaking to see that there are people around us that feel alone, that they feel hopeless, that there is no new day, there is new, no new start that they can truly look forward to. Freedom is something that, as followers of Christ, that we can celebrate not just one day out of the year, but it is something that we can celebrate every day. And it is something that we celebrate, and we should celebrate in every season, on every continent, no matter where you are. So when we look at what freedom is, when we look at freedom defined, Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So I want you to grab this picture or catch this picture in your mind of being set free, but then continuing to live out in that phase, in that freedom. It is not about being set free and then reverting back to old habits. It is not about being set free and then reverting back to the disciplines or, or the sin that so easily can just tangle us up and weigh us down. So we look to God's Word. We look to God's Word to gain a greater understanding of what Paul is saying of the true meaning of freedom that is found as believers in the kingdom of God. Paul talks passionately about this. It just I love to read how he describes it about the freedom that we have. But when we look at Galatians chapter 5, there's three specific commands that he outlines to the church. And there's three commands that I believe that they're relevant, that they're applicable to us today. They're, they're points that we need to pay attention to as we think about freedom. So how does this look like? Because we, we get a very just a vague picture of living out freedom. What does that look like? You may be asking. I'm glad you asked. Let's take a look at it. The first, he says, is stand firm. The second, that he says is do not be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And the third is that we should serve one another in love. So let's jump right in. For many of us, when we think about freedom in terms of things that we are allowed to do, I have the freedom to make a choice. I have the freedom to go here. I have the freedom to go there because we understand that there are laws that are in place. If you are a teenager, there are rules that you have to follow uh, from your parents. Uh, that, but we understand when we think of freedom is I want the freedom to be able to make my own choices. I want the freedom to be able to do that. But yet as a follower of Christ, I'm called and you're called to experience a higher freedom, a higher freedom, a life that is free from sin. A life that is free from bondage and a life that is free to live our days in faithful response. Please hear me well to the reality of the risen Christ. Amen. It is about living my days as if I truly believe wholeheartedly without a shadow of a doubt that the risen Christ is alive in me. I must learn. 
So then I'll tell you this morning, I must learn and we must learn together that first of all, it is about standing firm in Christ. Standing firm in Christ. The first command that Paul tells the church is that you have to stand firm. After you have been set free, it is about standing firm. It is about resisting. It is about standing our ground. It is about making sure that we understand that, that there is a real enemy and that he is going to come back for us and that he is going to try to, try to deter us from living a life that God has called me to live. And it is con as a consistent theme that we see that it is, that is just evident in the writings as well. When we look at Paul in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, this is what he says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I'm grateful that I don't have to rely on my strength. I'm grateful that you don't have to rely on your strength and your ability, but it is about being strong in his power. He says this, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It is his plan. It is his device for, for us. And this is what he says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, he says, you have to do your part. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. There you see it again. Stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, he says, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish against all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So here we understand that if, I have, if I'm going to be able to do my part, I have to trust in what God has given me in his word, that I have to know that I have to take up the shield of faith and I have to believe that greater is he that is in me, that he that is in the world. I have to believe that his word says that no weapon that is formed against me will prosper. I, I have to have faith. I have to have faith that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Am I taking up the shield of faith and believing that the God who has called me, who has saved me, and who is sanctifying me, he is faithful enough to complete the work that he has begun in my life? I have to know. I, I came to encourage you today uh, that the God that has held you together till this moment uh, is faithful enough to see you through into the next season. Uh, that whatever is coming at you and you have survived, can you think about it for just a moment? Uh, can I get excited for just a moment? Can you think of everything that you've gone through? Uh, can you think of everything that you've faced? Can you think of the sickness that you have overcome uh, and the trouble that has come against your family, but yet you're still here uh, yet you're still here can you trust and believe uh, that the same God that has held you together hallelujah is the same God that will sustain you 
But I have to do my part and put on what he has commanded. I have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And I have to live out the word. I just can't be a hearer of the word. I have to be a doer of the word. Paul elaborates on the spiritual component of our battle against sin, against death, and against our enemy. And his encouragement to the church is the same encouragement to us today is that we must learn to stand firm against the plans and the purposes of the enemy in our lives. Because he is, he is, the Bible tells us, like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. But his word tells me that if we stand firm, if we resist the devil, he will flee. His encouragement, he tells us, you have to understand that, that it is so much more than the person that sits in front of you, across from you, beside you. That, that it, we have a real battle that is not with flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And it is against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And we must learn to take this seriously. We must learn to take this seriously, that we have a very real enemy, that he is an ancient enemy, and he is directly opposed to the cause of Christ and to the cause of the church. And with that being said, we are set free in Christ from the enemy's power. We are set free from the lives of sin and death. And we are free to stand firm in our faith and against the lies of the enemy. That enemy, the one who is constantly seeking to, to, to maneuver his way back into our lives. Who is constantly putting, who, who is constantly trying to put situations in our way to, to be able to, to have us stumble and fall from being able to realize our purpose in God that enemy that comes back to you with the same temptation and with the same sin and with the same uh, proclivity, tendency to want to do something that we have done before. Because let's just be honest that we all face it. We all face temptation. We all struggle from time to time with ways that we have previously been and Maybe there are thoughts that you battle continually Maybe thoughts that constantly want to find a home in your heart. Maybe they're thoughts. Maybe those are just thoughts that just come against you that are just trying to bring you down, trying to disqualify you from, from the God that has called you and that has empowered you. Those things, maybe it's something that you have seen that is prevalent in your family, that's something that has been passed down from generation, and now it's staring you straight in the face. The struggles are real, but today, Day we have to celebrate and we have to understand that we have power over that, not because of us, but because of him. We have to understand their, their overcoming temptation and sin is possible because of Jesus. 
You can overcome. It doesn't matter. You may be telling yourself, I don't believe you. I've been facing this. I get good for two weeks, and then I fall back in it. I get good for three three months, and then I fall back in it. You may, but I'm telling you, there are some people in this place that can testify and let you know that, that God has given us the power to set us free, <laughs> and that we don't have to live in bondage, and that you don't have to live captive to your past. And that your future is greater than what you've been through. There is a God that loves you enough to remind you and tell you, hey, come to me if you're heavy burdened and if you're laden. He said, I will give you rest. There is a God that cares about you like that. He cares enough about you to say, you know what? Yeah, you've messed up, but come on. I love the saying that he loves us just the way he is, just the way we are. But he loves us too much to leave us like that. He loves you too much to leave you like that. We have to learn to stand firm in our faith. And remember that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He says, stand firm, therefore. So you know he's about to go into a a new topic. And he says, don't let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So after we stand firm, how do we live out our freedom? After we stand firm, it's just about trusting and believing in God and believing his word and what he says about me. I have to stand firm. The second thing that I have to do is I have to make an intentional choice to not go back. You have to make an intentional choice to not go back. Many of us here today have experienced True freedom in Christ. You know that you're not what you used to be. You're not who you used to be. But we have truly been set free and we are, in reality, new creations. So when Paul is talking here and and writing in Galatians 5, he's pleading with the church to remain free. He is telling You have such an incredible opportunity that Christ has presented to you. Stay there. Just stay in that state spiritually. He says, resist the temptation to go back to the former ways of life of sin and bondage. So as you consider this, could you just, for, for, for the illustrative learners in the place, Imagine with me a moment, just, there's this man who's just been imprisoned for tax evasion, money laundering, something like that for illustration purposes. Let's say he has been in, in prison, he's been in jail for 10 years with no way to pay back his debts when all of a sudden somebody walks in and comes and pays the balance in full. One day imprisoned, for years in prison, but the next day he is free. Can you imagine the, 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 the true joy that this man feels? And would he willingly return to prison having been there for so long? Would he willingly go back having experienced freedom? It seems crazy, but many of us do this in our faith all the time. 
It's sad to say that many of us do. We return to sin. We return to death. We return to old habits, old relationships, old people in our contacts, old people that we used to be associated with, old patterns of thinking, and we just constantly go back when we know that it's not good for us. When we know it's not good for us. And this is what King Solomon says in Proverbs. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. God help us. God help us. Because sin is awful. And, and the Bible describes it in that vivid way that like a dog that returns to his own vomit. And yet if we're honest about things in our lives, things that, that we won't ever share with anybody else, maybe. We all realize that there is a temptation to return to the sin, to the bondage that we used to experience, that we used to be a part of. And that's why Paul first instructs the church to stand firm because you have to be able to know that you know that you know that God is faithful to his word and to know that he has empowered us. He said, I have given you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I have to understand that. So I have to stand firm in that promise. But after that, I have to make sure that I don't go back. And that's a question that I want to ask you this morning because we can all do some self-reflection. Are there things in our lives that we're, that we're running back to? That, that's how you medicate, or so, or so we say. And, and he's telling you, you don't have to go back to that. Christ has set you free. And true freedom is only experienced in him. Do you really want to live the rest of your life held captive to that sin? held captive to that thought. Do not let yourselves, he says, be burdened again. You don't have to go back to that lifestyle. And you don't have to think like that. And you don't have to live like that. And you don't have to act like that. Actually, if you need an easy way to remember these first two commands, stand firm, don't return. Stand firm, don't return. You see, our, our debt has been completely paid by Jesus. Our debt has been completely paid like Jesus and like the prisoner in, in, in the analogy that I just shared. We had a pile of debt that we could never pay back until he stepped into the picture, until he, he saw us and he sent his son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That He saw us in our state and he saw that we couldn't do anything for ourselves. He says, I love you too much. And and that is what we celebrate today, that he saw us at our worst, and he came down, and it still didn't stop him. <laughs> he saw us at our worst. He saw you in your condition that you won't let anybody see. He saw you in your condition that you'll never post on Instagram. He saw you in a condition that you would never dare share with your closest friends. But he said, you know what? I love you enough. And that is what we celebrate today, that I have a Savior. And his name is Jesus. I have a Savior, and his name is Jesus. And he loves us enough. But, I, 
but it's my responsibility what I do from here on out. I have choices to make. You have choices to make. But can I tell you that we can all make the decision to stand firm together today, that we can all make the decision to not return to our old ways of living. Paul tells the church in Colossians this. He says, when you were dead in your sins, hallelujah, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, look what he says, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away. He nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. Your sin was nailed to the cross with Jesus. That shame that you haven't been able to bear and that shame that you've been carrying, it was nailed to the cross. The guilt that you feel and the habit that you're struggling with, you don't have to feel hopeless because there is hope because of the cross. There is hope because of an old rugged cross. That's why Paul says in Galatians 2 and 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. So, Looking at it through this perspective as a follower of Jesus, you are alive in him. You're alive in him. And he has empowered us by his spirit to live a life of purpose. To live a life of meaning. And to live a life of righteous works of love. So how do I live out my freedom? I stand firm. I don't return And then I serve. Then he calls us to serve one another. He calls us to serve one another. I've heard it said like this before, that we are not saved by good works. I believe that. We are saved by grace and grace only. We're not saved by good works, but we are saved to good works. To good works. As I think of the dead. That Jesus paid on my behalf. and I think of the debt that Jesus paid on your behalf. I'm compelled. And I'm inspired. To live a life that is worthy of the sacrifice. It's not because I can do anything to earn my salvation. But it is because I'm just so grateful that he loved me. And that he stepped into my life that I just can't help but live a life of good works. I'm inspired. Many of us sadly never use our freedom in Christ in this manner. Many of us use our freedom in Christ to be selfish and to do whatever we want in the name of Christ. But the truth is that we have been called specifically to love one another. What did Jesus say? He said, by this you will know, they will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. Worship team, will you join me?
that you love one another. That you love one another. So I'm called to serve you. I'm not greater than you. I'm here to serve you. I'm so honored that I have the privilege to serve you. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Think of, for a moment about the profound statement that is made here. He says, for the entire law is fulfilled by keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Both Jesus and the Gospels. And then Paul here, they're just making this appeal. They're making this appeal and they're just saying, love one another. Love one another. It's easier said than done because I don't know how bad your neighbors are. You know. I don't. And I wouldn't understand how horrible your boss is to you. But what if we tried? What if we tried? And what if we lived our lives by what his word challenges us and calls us to do? What if we lived our lives? I ask myself the question sometimes. I have to ask myself, am I being a good billboard for God? Would people, would people see me and say, he loves Jesus? Would people see you? And would they say that? I think we've all been guilty. I'll say I have of not always doing that. But he, Jesus tells us, Paul reminds us, but what if we tried? What would your life look like? I want to give you some practical steps that you leave this place saying, this is how I live freedom out. I stand firm. I'm not going to give in to the temptation. I'm not going to give in to doing something that I know that is not in accordance with God's word. I'm not going to return. I'm going to stand for him. I'm not going to return. And then what would it look like in your life this coming week if you extended love to those that are around you? What if you invited that, that one particular coworker? You know who I'm talking about, right? That one particular coworker. What if you invited them to your next family barbecue? I hope I don't get invited to your next family barbecue. <laughs> what if you took your boss, something small, just to let them know that you appreciate them? Because the truth is that us being the church is so much more than coming to a place of worship. Us being the church is who we are when we leave this place. What if you committed a time of regular prayer for the people that God has brought into your life? 
what would your life look like? What would, when Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, what are some other creative avenues that come to your mind that you can live this word out, that, you, that I can love those around me as I love myself? Paul said the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, and he follows up by giving the alternative. So watch this. He says, that's what, that's what you're called to do. But then he says, but if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So, what would you rather be about? What would you rather be about? What if we were known here at Impact City Church? From this day forward as being just amazingly loving neighbors, friends, and family members. What would happen if we were known as that? Can I tell you that it's contagious? Can I tell you, it would be awesome that if you were in line at the supermarket and they said, hey, do you go to Impact City Church? Yeah. I, you guys are always smiling. Are we smiling because everything is perfect? Absolutely not. We're smiling because we just, we're grateful for who Jesus is in our lives. And we're going to live this freedom out. We're going to live this freedom out. In Christ, you are free. Can I tell you, in Christ, you're free to be that person. You are free. You are free to stand firm. You are free to not be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And you are free to love one another, to love each other, and to love your neighbor just as you love yourself. And maybe today, there's some things in your life that don't allow you to love yourself because We've met some people, and you've met some people. That, and maybe there are some things in your life that you have gone through that don't line up with that. And, and have you ever, have you heard, you've heard the phrase that hurt people hurt people. But there's some, there, there may be some things that you're carrying here today that don't allow you to love because you don't love yourself. And you can't stand to look at yourself in the mirror proverbially because there's, you think of, the shame that you're carrying and you think of the guilt that is just weighing on you and you think of that and it just seems to pile up and it just makes you angry and it makes you it makes you be somebody that you're not happy and proud of i want to tell you that god wants to remind you today that you can release that to him you can leave that you can leave your hurt at the foot of the cross you can leave your shame at the foot of the cross. You can leave your past mistakes at the foot of the cross. You can, whatever is weighing you down, whatever is, is making you wake up in the middle of the night just frustrated and angry, all of that you can leave today at Jesus. And he calls you and he says you can be free. You can be free. You can, you can smile again. You can love again. You can be joyful again. You can get the spring in your step back. You can get it back in Jesus' name. Can I pray for you? Father, right now, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for the freedom that you have called us to live out. I, call, I thank you right now that you have called us to experience true life, that you came to give us life and to give it to us abundantly. I thank you today that, that you have never, 
never forsaken us. And I thank you that you, God, have called us and remind us to not go back to the burden, to the yoke that has just constantly weighed us down. God, and I thank you today that you come to remind us that there may be some things in our past that we're not proud of. There may be some things in our past, God, that have affected the way we do life and that have affected our relationships, that have affected the way we are as spouses, that have affected the way we are as parents, that have affected the way we are with, as coworkers. God, right now, God, for every one that is in that, that feels that today, that feels that weight, God, that you would come in Hallelujah. That you would come in, God, and that you would show yourself strong. God, we release it to you today. The shame, the guilt, the anxiety, the worry, the frustration, the past mistakes, the poor choices. We release it to you today, God. The things in our life that have not allowed us to love ourselves, God. The things in our lives that we have not been able to get past, God, right now we release it to you. We won't hold grudges. God, we will not hold resentment. God, I come against resentment. I come against bitterness in the name of Jesus. I declare it gone right now. Lord, and I declare peace that as bitterness and as resentment leave, God, that your spirit would fill those spaces right now, God, right now that, that your peace, that your joy, that your goodness would come and invade our hearts and our minds right now, that we would live life free the way you have called us to live, God. Right now, we leave it all at the feet, at the foot of the cross. Right now, we leave it all today at your feet, God, right now, and we ask, God, that you would allow us to live out your word, that you have called us, that you have set us free, that that one-time instance uh, that, ha that has been designed to be a perpetual lifestyle, God, that we would be able to mirror that, that we would be able to live your word out in every moment, in every season, and at every turn, God, right now, I thank you for hope in you. I thank you for freedom in you. I thank you for a new start in you. I thank you, God, that my past is redeemed and it is covered and it is under the blood. And I thank you for a good future. I thank you, God, for your goodness. I thank you for what you're going to do in our lives that is just going to blow our minds, God, and that we're not going to be able to comprehend, but we're going to know that it was you. We're going to know that it was you. I thank you for making a way where there is no way. I thank you today with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe there's some of you in this place that have never experienced freedom to begin with. so happy to tell you that today you have an opportunity to open the door and let Jesus in. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, it's your job to open the door and say, Jesus, I'm tired of trying to do life on my own. Be the Lord of my life. I'm, trying to, I'm tired of trying to figure things out in my own might, in my own strength, in my own power. I need you. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. 
I'm imperfect. I need somebody perfect in my life. I'm crushed. My spirit is wounded. Would you come into my heart? I've been bearing a load that I can't carry on my own. Would you come into my heart? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that is you today, and you say, today's the day that I give my life to Jesus, I want to invite you to just where you're at to raise your hand. Just raise your hand. God, I see you. I want to invite everybody at the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. We believe in community. We believe that we don't do life by ourselves. So pray with me, dear Jesus. Thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. Thank you. Thank you for your blood. Come into my life. Change me. Restore me. Let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we clap our hands to Jesus for everybody that received him today? I'm going to invite you to stand. Before you leave this place, as we enter a moment of worship, I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come up. And we're just, we want to make ourselves available. You don't have to pray for what you're praying for by yourself. We understand through the through God's word that there is power in agreement. There is power in agreement. There is power in unity. And we just want to come into agreement with you and believe that God could do a great work in your life. Maybe it's your, your health. Maybe it's issues at home. Maybe your mind is being attacked. Maybe your finances are being attacked. Whatever your situation is, we believe that there is a God who can reach anybody and reach anything and can work through any circumstance in any situation. And maybe you have tried to work things out on your own and have just been hitting a brick wall. Can I tell you, give Jesus a try. Can I tell you, give Jesus a chance to show himself strong in your life. So right now, as we enter this moment, Father, once again, I thank you for liberty in this place. I thank you for freedom that is only found in you. I thank you, God, that you are here today, God, and that you are available. Your word says that we can call on you and you'll answer. So we call on the name of Jesus over every circumstance, over every situation, over every worry, over every stressful dilemma. We call on the name of Jesus. Over every mind, over every heart, over every body, we call on the name of Jesus. Over every marriage, over every family, over every business, over every transaction, we call on the name that is above every other name. And we declare, God, your power over every circumstance right now. In Jesus' name, we call on you. 
we call on you. If you need...